And welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I'm Stella. We are recording live today on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. And um, I wanted to, yeah, just have a conversation. I have been thinking about, um, you know, getting ready for the next workshop. I am holding workshops monthly, uh, doing the codependency education, like skills training, um, just to be able to introduce codependency to people for people who maybe don't know what codependency looks like and what the behaviors are, what the feelings associated are. Uh, I have a lot of really great aha moments uh, when participants come in and they start listening to just looking at how codependency shows up. One of the first things that I talk about uh, when I talk about codependency is this idea of what would people think. You know, a lot of us were raised in households where that is a phrase or a concept that we are constantly reminded of. Um, and so I talk a lot or often about, um, you know, growing up in a house with six kids, myself included, so six little humans, um, and my parents, we would go to church, uh, raised Roman Catholic, and uh, this idea of getting dressed in our behavior was, you know, overshadowed by the idea of like, what would people think? And uh, I talk often about how a lot of chaos ensued in getting ready for church. Six small, or at least four small children, uh, my sister and I are older, and uh, making sure that everybody had their shoes and they were dressed appropriately and, you know, that uh, they were going to behave. <laughs> and that idea that, that resonated often was what would people think? Um, and I went to, to Catholic school, and so we had a uniform most of the time, and often like getting ready uh, in how we were dressed and, and what we looked like uh, was this concept of what would people think, that you know there are people out in the world who are just going to pay attention to what we look like and how we behave. And now, like with clients, I recognize that a lot of them have that concept, right? And it gives them a lot of anxiety. Uh, and it gave me a lot of anxiety for a long time of, of just constantly worrying and considering what would people think. And, uh, you know, oftentimes clients who have, you know, challenges with being out in the world or engaging in relationship, there's that fear of other people are observing my behavior and are going to judge it. This idea of being perceived uh, by others and then judged and so I think about how that interacts with how we feel about ourselves and really recognizing, and, and the truth is this, okay, 90% of the time people aren't looking at you and they aren't thinking anything about what you're doing. Most of the time they're in their own heads worried about what you think. And it's weird to think about, um, as I get ready to do a video uh, and record a podcast and hope that what I am saying resonates with people. I am definitely aware that people have opinions and thoughts and, and feelings about what I am saying if they are engaging in watching this video or listening to the podcast at the same time, recognizing that this is my human experience. Yes, it comes with, you know, clinical knowledge and education and experience, but it is my own, how I interact 
and what I do and, and all the things. So as I was getting ready this morning, you know, doing my makeup, doing my hair, picking an outfit, really considering how before now, and certainly when I was younger, there was this idea of people are perceiving me and then making judgments. Uh, and so then the next kind of thought is, am I enough? Uh, and so really thinking about how when we are just behaving and, and being out in the world, um, oftentimes we feel like we're being evaluated or judged based on our behavior, how we look, what we're saying, you know, our bodies, like what we drive, what our house looks like. It's this constant uh, thought pattern of how how we are being perceived and whether or not we are being accepted. Um, and so a lot of times when I talk about codependency, I'm talking about that idea of acceptance, validation, and love. And what we are dependent on is someone else giving us the feedback that is positive, that we are accepted, that we are and do have value, and that we are loved or worthy or, you know, embraced somehow in a larger community. Uh, and we, you know, really looking at how we are oriented to our space as human beings, we, our, our drive is for connection. Our drive is for uh, having that validation externally. Now, if we don't have a well of it in ourselves, feeling worthy, valuable, accepted, and loving ourselves, then we are going to constantly be seeking out that validation from other people. And that idea of what would people think, you know, really thinking about um, or perceiving that other people are perceiving us and evaluating us based on, again, what we look like, what car we drive, you know, what our job is, what, how we are dressed. And we perceive humans all the time. And, uh, you know, Kat and I, uh, several years ago, you know, early version of the podcast talked about discernment and how our brains work to categorize and evaluate people's situations, circumstances, behavior, so that we have a better understanding of our larger world and experience. Um, I'm listening to a book. Uh, a, it's called What What Everybody Says, Everybody. Um, and it's by a, a former FBI agent who talks about body language. And it's really interesting to listen to it because I do recognize that a lot of times when we are in a, in a clinical setting, I am evaluating a human being, one, based on what they're saying, but also what their body is doing and what their energy and feeling is. And so I am perceiving them in that moment. Um, and certainly, again, out in the world, oftentimes we are perceiving the people around us uh, to feel safe and secure, to, you know, kind of recognize you know, we talk about um, spatial perception and really recognizing like when we are in certain situations or circumstances, you know, we want to be engaging or, you know, open or we don't. And we want to kind of, you know, hold our heads down and kind of shrink our shoulders and, uh, you know, get quiet or small. And oftentimes it's because we don't want to be perceived, right? We don't want people to have a thought or, or perception of who we are and how we function. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that our brains do as human beings uh, because most other animals don't do that. I mean, they have an awareness of danger for sure. Um, and they are seeking out like food and, and 
partners to procreate and all those things. Um, but we have a lot more going on up here in terms of how we evaluate the world and seek out that validation, acceptance, and love from other human beings. And so when we are in that space of creating a persona or how we get ready in the morning or what we are trying to convey, oftentimes it'll be based on the perception of other humans. And it's, it's interesting as I was thinking, I was listening to the book and I was also thinking about, you know, dressing for success. So one of the things that they were talking about in the book um, is how we get ready in the morning or our attire, all those things are an indication of how we feel about ourselves. And they were also talking about, um, you know, people who are homeless or on the street and how they're, you know, suffering from mental health and how a lot of times they do not, like their, their self-awareness is not like, I need to look my best. Mostly it's, I need to be safe. I need to get my needs met in, in these ways. Um, and so recognizing that, yes, we are perceived all the time and often but people are not thinking about us. And so when we have anxiety or we are not feeling great about ourselves, oftentimes we will perseverate on, oh, I said that really stupid thing in class, or I waved weird. Why, why do I do that? Um, thinking that we are not doing enough or being enough. And for me, I recognize now, even though I teach all these skills and I do all these things, I still have that thought often of like, what would people think? Like when I am out you know, quitting my practice and going and, and traveling the world and all the things, I was less aware of that, you know, kind of perception other than, uh, especially in Greece where I didn't speak the language. Um, there was a, a woman in the store and I've talked about it before on the podcast who would roll her eyes and be annoyed that I was there. <laughs> I could see her like two people ahead of me in the line. She was very engaging and, you know, communicative. And then I'd get there and She'd give me it like a face and like flare her nostrils and roll her eyes or whatever. And it was really strange to me because one, I try not to be perceived, <laughs> um, you know, especially when I'm traveling and just out in the world. Uh, I just want to get things done. And so I'm not trying to, I, I talked about it and maybe I didn't, I've talked with friends before. I usually wear a baseball cap uh, and I wear black normally. Um, and I just keep my head down and I'm trying to get things done. And, uh, and I was talking about how, like, that's not the most, um, appropriate demeanor or, or, um, behavior to engage with other people. And the trip was mostly about just being, you know, inside myself in Ireland. It was a little bit different, but even there, I still wore a baseball cap and, um, I walk quickly, kind of March, <laughs> um, wherever I'm going anywhere. And so, I think about not often, but I do think about like how that was perceived. Uh, I would normally be pegged as an American or a tourist when whenever I was in anywhere new, uh, even if I was there for, I, you know, I was in Greece for several months uh, and I was in Ireland for several months. My accent and the fact that I speak mostly English uh, gives it away. When I was in Spain, I don't have an accent, so I speak Spanish pretty well. And so um, people would ask, like, where are you from? Uh, so it was interesting, but I, I do recognize now that as, you know, as, as we're talking about that idea of what would people think, it does definitely contribute to our codependency and how we 
then want other people to validate and see us. And so then we talk about getting in the box or doing things specifically to be perceived in a positive way and to get that validation. Um, oftentimes, especially, you know, kids in school will, um, as school is getting back into, the, you know, the swing of things, there's a high school near where I live. And so when I walk in the morning, uh, I see these kids walking to school and I, I found it very curious just this morning um, how differently they're all dressed from one another having gone to private school and wearing a, a uniform or having very strict like guidelines on what we could wear, uh, there's public school. And so they wear whatever they want. Uh, and so as, as seeing, you know, these teenagers going to school, mostly, you know, listening to, to headphones and, and some of them had their head down and I can imagine they're getting ready for the day. Some of them were looking up and, you know, there were a few who were, you know, carrying their backpacks and, you could tell there was a little bit of anxiety or nervousness. I can only imagine, uh, because it's been a long time since I've been in high school, uh, what that's like to prepare yourself mentally to get into the day and, you know, for the the day ahead of, of having interactions with other human beings and, you know, going to classes. They're just getting started, so they're just getting used to, you know, the teachers, the environment, who's in their class. Um, it's, it's interesting because as social beings and people who are, you know, thrust out into the world on a regular basis, we have a lot going on in our head about how we are being perceived. And then our behavior is either to want to be engaging or engage with other humans or to not. And, you know, we talk about introversion and extroversion and omniversion. Um, I, if you had asked me 20 years ago, I was definitely an extrovert. Um, I liked, you know, talking and, and being engaging in classes um, and raising my hand and, you know, all of those things. Uh, whereas like now I am much more of an introvert and I, I don't like to be perceived. Uh, <laughs> I would prefer to spend a lot more time by myself, um, you know, sometimes in the quiet or sometimes listening to music. Uh, but I have a harder time being out in the world, um, not because of how I am perceived, but mostly because it's a drain on my energy. Um, and so since doing this work, um, in a clinical way, oftentimes, you know, my clients are just kind of used to, Stella dresses very casually, Stella says the F word a lot, um, and Stella is direct and very honest. Um, and I do, and I have said before, like, in a clinical space, I my job is to reflect to you what it is you're seeing and giving you an alternative perspective, um, because a lot of times we are spending so much time in our heads, really, you know, concerned with how we're being perceived. What is it that people think of us? And if they resonate with who we are and want to connect, what motivates that? And if they don't, or they, you know, behave in a certain way that we find off-putting or offensive. What is that about? I do talk often about uh, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, and if you have an opportunity to read it, please do. Uh, I usually use it often in a lot of my presentations because The Four Agreements are super helpful uh, to start to recognize, you know, ourselves in the world. Um, and so, one of the four agreements is to not take things personally. So 
really detaching from that idea of what would people think and recognize most people are behaving from their own perspective. They are behaving based on their own experience and their own understanding of the world and who you are. And so when they do things that we don't necessarily like or we don't resonate with or it doesn't, you know, kind of gel with who we are, that has more to do with them and less to do with you. Unless you are intentionally going out of your way to create or elicit a feeling or create or elicit a behavior, it's not about you, right? And so that's one of them. Um, Don't make assumptions. So oftentimes, again, we're assuming people are thinking about us. We are assuming people are just sitting there going, what is going on with that lady or what that human over there doing that thing? And yes, that is, there is a brief moment where that happens and then, you know, the scene changes or we go into our next meeting or our next situation or circumstance, we go into another class and then we're having that experience, right? So it's not like people are just like perseverating over our behavior and what we do, but oftentimes we think that. We are in our heads going, oh, I said that stupid thing or I, what was I wearing today or I spilled coffee on my shirt. Um, I think it was yesterday, two days ago, had a salad ranch on my shirt. Um, and so uh, my accountability buddy and friend comes in and she's like, what's going on with your shirt ranch? And then we went on having a conversation. Like it wasn't, it's a brief moment. It's a blip in time. But when we have anxiety or when we are overwhelmed, we are assuming that other people are constantly just in their heads thinking about what we're doing and how we're behaving. Um, one of the other four agreements is uh, be impeccable with your words and be conscientious of the things that you say so that you are conveying the information in the most appropriate and helpful way possible. I think oftentimes when we are in conflict, and so for those of us who are conflict avoidant, um, I know for myself, I can get really cutty and and say not helpful things um, when I am triggered, when I do not feel safe, right? So a lot of times when we are in conflict or we're trying to avoid conflict, we are perceiving how the other people, we're making assumptions on how they are, what they're coming at us with without really listening to what the conversation is about or what we are trying to say. We are constantly, you know, and then when we're not in that engagement, we're thinking about, oh, I could have said this differently or that, you know, asshole or whatever, they think this about me. We're putting in extra thoughts and words when we don't have full context, which is not helpful. Um, But really recognizing, like, I'm going to avoid this conflict, so I'm going to make myself small. I'm going to uh, do everything possible so that I don't elicit that negative response. I want to keep myself safe. And so that is another thing is when, when I am consciously thinking about it, I really try to be conscientious about the words that I'm using and try to be appropriate when engaging in that way. Now, obviously right now I am speaking to a camera, a phone, and I am recording my voice and I am being very conscientious about the words that I'm using because there is a point to this message. There is a point to having this conversation. Um, And even if it's not a live conversation with, you know, with other humans, it, it, it will be part of what you're listening to eventually. So, It is my responsibility to be conscientious with my words. The last one, and I don't know where it falls, is always do your best. And so when we are perceiving that idea of what would people think, um, 
recognizing that we are out here just human beings trying to do the best we can uh, with the tools and skills that we have and recognize that that will change as you continue to evolve, grow and change, as you continue to pick up new tools and skills, you will be the best version of yourself with grace and compassion and patience to go out into the world and, and just always do your best, the best that you have. And, and we don't always show up as our best selves. Like again, if I'm tired, if I've had a long day, <clears throat> if I've been peopled out, if, you know, things didn't work out the way I wanted them to, I'm not always going to be at my best, but I'm doing the best I can with what I have at the time. And so when that thought came into my head yesterday of like, oh, what are people going to think? <laughs> I had to catch myself and really recognize, Stella, you're doing your best. Like, and that it was an opportunity for me to love myself better in that moment and recognize I am just a human being trying to do my best with the tools and skills I've had really addressing, you know, those, those older versions of myself, older versions and parts where I was just getting through. I was really just trying to survive um, and, and having compassion for those parts of me and recognize like, okay, what, what if people think that I am a terrible person? That's very possible. I am a villain in other people's stories for sure. There have been times where I have in fact behaved as a villain. Um, and even then I was doing my best. I was reacting from a place of what circumstance or situation I was going through at the time rather than beating myself up about it, which I am very good at and have done for a long time. Today, I'm working on having compassion, grace, and patience with myself, recognizing that like, okay, that happened, and now what? Now I know better, now I do better, now I have the opportunity to take accountability in a different way. Nobody is thinking about that version of me, hardly ever, and that's their experience of that version of me. And so that is their business. I cannot take that personally. I have to recognize that like, yes, there was a time moment in a life where I behaved in this way. And today that is not who I am. That is not where I live. And if someone else is having that experience of, you know, reliving that circumstance or situation, okay. I am working every day as we all are. That's what I say to clients often. Like, you're working on being the best version of you today with increased self-awareness. If somebody is in my office trying to learn themselves better and trying to be a better version of themselves, that is their opportunity to acknowledge previous versions, acknowledge previous behavior, look at their choices and decisions that led to them coming into my office saying, my life is really uncomfortable and they don't know how to do it. And then, you know, they tell me the story or they tell me what's going on. And then I give them a different perspective. I have to do the same with myself, recognizing that every day, all the time, I am evolving, growing and changing, having new experiences because I put myself out here and I do these things. And so I do them so that I have a different frame of reference to be able to then make better choices, to do things differently and better. Sometimes I will get stuck. Sometimes I will be like, oh, what are people going to think? And, you know, then I have to work through like letting it go because it's none of my business what other people think. That is the other part. It is none of my business what other people think about me. Now, do I go out of my way to, you know, poke people in the eye? No. 
Do I go out of my way to be hurtful and, you know, spiteful and angry? No. I am having a human experience interacting with other humans. And I know that if that's not how I want to show up, it's up to me to change it. I cannot continue to obfuscate and just be like, well, that's just who I am. That's just what I do. No, I get to choose. And we all do. Like we all get to choose how we show up in the world and how we interact with other people. If there is such a fear of what would people think, what are you doing to change or make it better? Um, Oftentimes, like, especially now, social media, all the things, there's a lot of people perceiving us for seconds at a time, not for anything longer than a scroll, a like, a listen, a three-minute video. And most of us are in our own heads going, how did they do that? What's going on there? That's a weird thing. What did they just say? And then, you know, you're on to the next thing. Like our attention span is so small that people aren't even thinking about you for all that long. (laughs) They're just not. You know, they are having moments where, yes, they are perceiving you and then they are on to the next thing. Very much like ourselves, you know, I am more in my head about me than I am about anybody else. And so it's an opportunity for me to recognize, okay, doing my best. I, you know, I'm not going to take it personally if somebody else does a thing, Uh, especially like, and I talk about this with clients, especially when I'm teaching them empathy skills. teenagers specifically because teachers are so self-indulgent um and you know self-motivated and very much self-centered um and so I talked to them about like this idea of just being aware of other human beings without taking it personally so I talk about traffic specifically driving driving in New Mexico if you've ever driven here horrible um having been in other countries also horrible uh but a lot of times we're distracted we're not really paying attention so I tell clients often like, okay, rather than taking it personally that somebody cut you off or didn't use a turning signal or, you know, drove all ridiculous, what if you just imagined that they were uncomfortable? What if you just imagined that, you know, they just had horrible news and that's why they're driving so erratically? What if you just imagined that, you know, they had some kind of digestive issue? (laughs) And so they're like, oh, yeah. So rather than making it about you and they're doing this to you, recognize that it's about them and they're having an experience that has nothing to do with you. So way to have some empathy for another person. I can imagine if I had a digestive issue, I would probably drive erratically. And I can imagine that they're not thinking about, you know, that white car that I just cut off. Sometimes they do. And I definitely have been like, oh, sorry. Um, you know, because I'm a human being and I don't always drive perfectly. I don't do anything perfectly, rarely, if ever. Um, But it is an opportunity to kind of detach a little bit, create some space for yourself and be like, okay, I'm out here just doing my best. I'm trying, you know, a new skill or I'm trying to do this better so that I have a little grace for myself. I can feel a little bit better about me. And then go out into the world not so consumed with what would people think, not so consumed and overwhelmed with how I have to behave or interact, but I, I'm doing my best out here. I'm really just trying. And I am learning to do things you know, differently and better because I want to change. I want to be the best version of myself. So that's a long way of saying uh, when you have that thought or idea 
what would people think? Am I enough? Am I doing everything I can? Yes. And you can keep going. You can keep growing, evolving, changing, learning new things, being the best version of you. I am a better version of who I am today than I was yesterday. Part of that is because I wake up with the goal of going, okay, show me what I need to see. Show me where I can be better. Have an opportunity to be humbled and recognize the whole universe is not centered on Stella. Um, and then, you know, keep it pushing, like recognize I'm doing the best I can. I'm a better version of who I was than I was yesterday. And nobody really cares all that much, which is kind of refreshing and relieving to recognize that, yes, like I'm important, but I'm not so important that the whole world is paying attention, right? Like it does take a little pressure off when the rec the acknowledgement is nobody cares, not all that much, you know? I can be compassionate, I can be, you know, empathetic and give people grace and recognize this is not about me. I recognize that whatever's going on over there is a you problem. Recognizing this is where I end and that is where you begin. And that is that boundary that I work on every day to recognize that I'm I'm just a person. I'm just a human out here doing human things. Am I gonna fuck it up? Yeah, I will often. I am going to fail and fail forward. I am going to continue to grow, change, and evolve, recognizing that I'm going to give myself grace. I'm going to give other humans grace, and I'm going to keep it pushing. That is your nugget for today. Uh, workshop next weekend on the 19th at 10 a.m. here in Albuquerque at Discovering Greatness. There are spots available, so please register. Reach out to me if that's something you're interested in doing. Um, I do have stickers available, which are super cute, and they are uh, they're on a post. Uh, they say the things that I say often. Uh, check your facts. Control what you can. You are too cute for jail, so keep your hands to yourself. Um, and I am love. So if you're interested in getting those little baby stickers, let me know. Uh, if you're coming into my office, I will have some for you. I'm going to make bigger ones. It'll be kind of awesome. But I've heard often from clients that they hear my voice in their head, and usually it's the things that I say. A couple more coming out soon. Let me know if that's something you're interested in. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Connecticut, Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, Arizona, you're doing great. California, awesome. North Carolina, Idaho. We have some listeners in Alabama, Mississippi, and I am so excited about that. Um, so let me know if you want to hear anything specific, lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. And I'm going to end the video, I'm going to end the podcast, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care. All right, we have ended the video. We are ending the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to all of those cool places and countries where LX2 is being listened to and streamed and downloaded. Thank you so much. You know how to get a hold of me, lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com, and I will talk to you next week.